Hey everyone, a brief note about the episode. While we were recording, unfortunately, both applications that I used to capture my audio as well as the Skype call crashed. I was unable to salvage the recording on my end, and so for the majority of the episode that you're going to listen to, you're going to hear my side of the audio, which was captured from David's end of the recording, Um, so you're hearing me over Skype. Uh, It sounds pretty bad, and I almost didn't release this, and I was attempting to re-record all of my own uh, thoughts and put them back in, but it was going to take way too long and end up sounding totally phony. So I've decided to salvage the episode by using David's audio, which I am incredibly grateful for that we uh, didn't have to go in and re-record the entire conversation from scratch. The audio quality will improve at about 35 minutes into the episode, and so you should be able to hear the last 10 minutes or so uh, from my audio because we had to restart the call and I was able to record the conversation correctly at that point. Thanks for all your patience. Thanks for all of your thoughts and enjoy the episode. This is the Criterion Cast, episode 196. Tonight we'll be discussing the wacky New Year's drawing for 2019. I'm Ryan Gallagher. Joining me tonight, David Blakesley. Hey, David. Hey, Happy New Year, Ryan. Happy New Year. Yeah. So, as uh, Criterion has done ever since 2010, uh, they have once again unveiled a New Year's drawing featuring the artwork of Jason Poland. Uh, teasing at a number of Criterion Collection releases that we might see in the coming year. Uh, I only say might because there have been years in the past where not everything makes it into the calendar year's releases, and so there might be things on this uh, drawing that you know is in the future for Criterion, but you know might not come out until next year. Yeah, sometimes the plans change too. You know, we had sixteen candles a couple years ago, and I think they kind of rethought that film and went with breakfast club <laughs> instead so yeah yeah uh, there's always negotiations right up until the release is announced you know i guess the only one that sticks out in my mind as being a pretty clear clue or tease from an old drawing was that wasn't there a drawing of uh oshima's boy in one of the old drawings that like never that you know it has been on like the streaming services but never mm-hmm. got, hasn't has got a disc and I, I feel like the drawing that they had of it seemed like pretty like definitely the drawing of the little boy it was that kid uh, not just it was a that, generic yeah. boy right yeah so that's I mean, i'm sure there are more and you know there have been times in the past when like uh itumama tambien was teased at but then it took you know much longer than um we had all thought for it to actually get a, a disc. Yeah, and sometimes it's the technicals of the restoration and working out, you know, all that, uh, you know, kind of quality transfer stuff where there's a new elements that come up. And, uh, you know, that's been part of the story all along. So uh, four months, three weeks, and two days kind of had a, a lengthy uh, rollout there and technical issues that uh, probably prevented it from coming out as quickly as they could. So, yeah, there's always those... Those little uh, wrenches that get thrown in the works there. On just like a personal kind of meta level, this day, you know, the New Year's drawing day feels like like a holiday for Criterion fans mm-hmm. in a way that like 
you know, the 15th of the month also has has some kind of feel to this. But because this is only once a year where they do this big drawing, I mean, you know, like the end, at the end of each month when they send out the newsletters, it's like little holidays of like, you know, everyone coming together and debating whether or not, you know, what a, a clue might mean. But because this one is so big and features so many clues and it's, you know, on either New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, um, this this occasion feels special for, you know, Criterion fans. And I'm so glad that they have continued to do it. And, uh, you know, as the morning was was moving along today, <laughs> I kept I kept thinking, like, are they are they not going to do it this year? Because last year it was on the 31st. And, you know, in, in previous years, it has come much, you know, like in the middle of night, they'll just publish it and you know we'll wake up and suddenly everyone has already deciphered all the clues yeah a lot of us got that ten dollar uh gift certificate from criterion this morning prior to the release of the cartoon uh those are the charter subscribers to the new criterion channel uh if uh if you registered your uh email with criterion and made that pledge to sign up from day one they had a little ten dollar goodie in your email this morning so uh, yeah, that was that was the first thing that we got from Criterion, and we wondered, well, is that going to be it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's nice to have a little cash in pocket, but uh, at the same time, you know, ten bucks doesn't always get you a whole lot on the site, and then you got to pay for <laughs> shipping and all that. So I just went ahead and got Volume Three of the postcards myself, and just figured, oh, okay, good idea. basically, yeah. I'm getting the postcards for twelve bucks rather than fifteen once you put the shipping in there. But you know, I love Criterion; I love to support the cause, and uh, thank you very much for the ten bucks. <laughs> totally. Uh, I got to say, though, um, as with every year, like we're all anticipating this drawing. And because this one kept, you know, because it came later in the morning than usual, I did not sleep very well last night. I, <laughs> I, I stayed up, you know, it's obvious, like, you know, it's already New Year's Eve, so we're staying up till midnight. Uh, then I, I, I stayed up a little bit later thinking, well, what if Criterion, because there was one year when they had published it at like, you know, 2 a.m. Pacific time. And I was like, I had, and I had just gone to bed right before then. And I, if I had just waited up a little bit longer, I could have been there when it had launched. Uh, and so I kept waking up, like, I woke up at like four, at five, at six. I kept waking up, checking my phone, looking to see, like, refreshing the Criterion website to see if it had gone up. And, uh, it's been a long day. <laughs> yeah, Santa doesn't come to the children who wait up for him all night. <laughs> uh, um, but our stockings were stuffed anyway. So yes, they yeah. were. So, um, so this drawing is great. I uh, one other side note about just kind of the um, the drawing on a technical level is the fact that because Criterion and their new website design uh, love high resolution images. You can now get this image in much higher resolution than any previous wacky drawing, um, which allows you to like zoom in and, you know, nothing is kind of left up for debate as far as it being like a low res image and not, people saying like, well, I don't really know what's going on here. It's like, you can really zoom into this picture. So, uh, it's been, it was quite a treat to like, to open up the image in another window and see it just, just quite how many pixels, uh, it has versus you know like the the little ones that we've gotten in the past do you have any idea about how large the original artwork might be or what hmm. size jason poland works on here i mean i i don't but i wish i did now that you say that and i wonder um i wonder where where these originals are if they're up in the office somewhere because i don't when i went in 2011 i don't think 
I didn't even think to ask. I don't recall seeing any of his artwork on the various uh, bulletin boards and office walls and things that I looked at either. So he could be doing this from an undisclosed location for all yeah. we know. Well, he continues to impress, and he and he really outdid himself this year with some of the puns. When you read them out loud, or when you you know, and what these are all kind of like what we've assumed, or what what as like the community has come to say is like these are our um most likely guesses and and some of them seem pretty obvious but you know we every once in a while we all kind of get one wrong uh but i think some of these are quite clear so for anyone who's listening and you haven't already looked at the image um i'll include a link in the show notes to where you can find it but you know it's fun to kind of read along with us as we discuss this i mean obviously this is a you know you're you're listening to this podcast but you should be you should have this opened up uh in front of you so that you can go along with us and we'll try our best to describe uh what it is that we're looking at and you know what the clues what the visual puns are but um and we'll try to keep the dad joke uh humor uh to an acceptable level. Well, I'll do my best. <laughs> no promises, though. <laughs> so, um, from from just from like stepping back and looking at it, we have here um, a scene with a couple at a table, another couple on the other on the right hand side behind uh, a tree. There's a black uh, sky with stars um, in it, and and then several other little. Uh, items to break apart. Um, last year, when you guys broke down the drawing, you kind of did it in rows going across. Mm -hmm. And so I tried to do that again this year where I just kind of just like numbered or lettered, you know, several of the um, distinct images from the drawing that made um, that seem like they were their own types of things. Some of them, I, I think I had just lettered some stuff and I missed a couple of other things like the board game when I was lettering things. I kind of did the F uh, on there as like all of everything on the table. But when I ended up writing out the, the list of things that people had decided on, I kind of forgot to mention the board game in it. So I went back and did that, but it was fun to, I mean, like when I, when I wake up in the morning on New Year's day and I have to do this drawing, uh, like, you know, do the breakdown of it and kind of like go around and kind of aggregate all of the different, uh, opinions onto this list. Um, it's always fun to see like what people, what's the first thing that people like just automatically get. And I think, and, and it was, be, and it was like almost before I looked too closely at the drawing. And so as soon as I posted, you know, like, Oh, here's the link for the, the drawing on, on Criterion site, everyone started commenting clute. And I was like, huh, clute, I guess I don't, I don't see it. And, and, and then I started like Googling images from clute and I was like, what are they, what are they seeing here that, uh, <laughs> that I'm not seeing? Is it the Jesus? Cause it doesn't, I don't think that's him. And, and, and then sure enough, down in the corner, I see the little, the little loot with the K on it. And I was like, oh God, here we go. This is, that's what this, this, this year's drawing is going to be uh, lots of puns. Yeah, yeah, I think they there's Jason Paul and whether it's this is intentional by design, but there's there's almost kind of like this graduating scale. There's a few kind of real obvious, you know, smack you right between the eyes. There it is, and then you know it gets a little bit trickier, and then it gets just brilliant and almost sadistic with how yeah. you know ingenious he becomes. Uh, that's that's part of the fun, and obviously gets us coming back to this drawing in the months ahead to figure out the things that we might have missed. 
sometimes and, and Arik mentioned this on on our best of the year episode but the like double clues i mean there's a mm-hmm. there's a piece in here that i think has a has like a new record for how many different things are included in one little segment of this uh drawing tonight i think it's uh it's yeah there's some some real pl- plausible debates here yeah. that will probably not be fully resolved until <laughs> everything's said and done yeah, about I, a year from now. Yeah, I mean, and even then, like when, and I, I feel, I can't remember if I mentioned this on the show or just in like writing on one of the groups, but there are occasionally clues where I'll get it wrong and I'll say, oh, I think it's this, but, you know, it, it clearly was this other movie. But then a few years later, the movie that I thought it was ends up coming out from Criterion anyway. <laughs> it wasn't even, mm-hmm. and then it's you know you can get it wrong and still eventually be proven right uh, many years down the line if you if your guess is you know plausible enough. So let's start with the background sky. So the sky is all black, which makes it pretty um, distinct. I mean, it doesn't seem like he's done a black um, area surface area in one of his drawings before that. Um, is quite as kind of contrasty as, as this pure like pitch black night. I mean, most of the drawings, you know, occasionally there's color, but um, it makes it feel this drawing feel like unique in a way that some of the other ones kind of felt like they were all, um, you know, of a piece together. Yeah, that and the shading on the tree yeah. and the textures of the leaves. There's the you know, I don't know if his I don't want to say his art is getting better, but there's definitely a richness to this, just as a as an image, if you will. Definitely. Um, so the sky is full of stars and diamonds. When I first saw that, my, you know, I immediately jumped to like Lucy and sky with diamonds, like the Beatles. But I, then I was thinking like, is there any movie that, that could be, uh, you know, that, that was referenced with that, but there is a Czech movie from John Nemec. Uh, mm-hmm. do you know how you pronounce Is that my pronouncing? I would say Jan Nemec. Yeah. Something like that. Or maybe okay. Nemec. You know. This is uh, Diamonds of the Night, a film from 1964. I think it was last year, at the beginning of the year, or maybe the year before we got a list of Czech films that Criterion and Janus were going to be touring, and uh, I posted them on the site, and I'll include a link in the show notes, but I'm pretty sure this was one of those titles that was um, mentioned there. Uh, Diamonds of the Night is coming out. Uh, on Blu-ray on January 21st in the UK from Second Run, so it's it's not out yet, um, but it will be out soon. And this and you know for anyone out there who hasn't started collecting the Second Run Blu-rays, um, they're great, and you can even get now daisies on Blu-ray from them. Um, I'm pretty sure that all of the releases that Second Run has done on Blu-ray are region free. And so, including the Daisies one, if you want to get Daisies on Blu-ray, um, but this Diamonds of the Night that is coming out is going to be uh, region-free as well. But now that we know, or you know, maybe think that Criterion is doing it, a lot of people will probably end up just waiting um, to see what Criterion looks like. It's it's a short film. It's a little over an hour. I was actually watching uh, some trailers, and I watched uh, the first. I don't know, probably five, seven, eight minutes or so. It seems this this is kind of early in what 
came to be known as the Czech New Wave and probably even predates the New Wave because it feels a little bit like that kind of early Tarkovsky, like Ivan's childhood. That's two boys kind of running through a forest and it's kind of grim. It's all very, very quiet. There's not really any dialogue. It's kind of a survival story. So a lot of that uh, kind of Soviet-influenced, uh, you know, tracking shots through the trees and stuff like that. And just kind of a, seems kind of like an intense, uh, gritty film. Uh, there's a, yeah, it's a pretty blurry transfer that's available online, but being that the feature is just a little bit over an hour, I do wonder if there's going to be a, a kind of a package of other early short films by Nemec or, or maybe other stuff from this era uh, to justify a standalone release. But I'm definitely looking forward to it to just to broaden my familiarity with uh, that era of Czech filmmaking. The um, So the the story that we had written about um was actually from july of 2017 so it's been quite a while now since we had an idea that um that janice was going to be working on these there's actually 30 films that are going to be coming from janice to be toured now whether or not that is toured all at once or toured over the course of you know several years um as they've done with some of the other large packages of of films but yeah diamonds of the night is included in this list of titles that um that was announced and there's you know and i think for many years many people thought that criterion would be working on a second uh check eclipse box set at least that was rumored for quite a while and i think those rumors have died down and it'll be interesting to see like if any of these films that um you know maybe Criterion doesn't want to release individually if if they end up doing some sort of kind of sequel to the the Czech uh, New Wave Eclipse box set. Let's move on to so that's the Diamonds and the Stars. I, I I are there were there any other guesses as far as like what the sky might be that you that that stick out to you or that you've seen people talk about? Yeah, the Lucy in the Sky mentioned you know, got some mentions of Yellow Submarine and across the universe, uh-huh. but. Sure, you know, yeah. but there's no Lucy, and I just don't see the Beatles. Well, I mean, they have done stuff with Criterion, but I don't see any of those other Beatles offshoots uh, going Criterion. So we can move on. Next up, over uh, across, going moving right across the the image, we're going to talk a little bit about the owl in the tree. Um, so there's an owl, a white owl, next to a little worm. This one, so for quite a while now, uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch has been rumored to come from Criterion. I can't remember now if this was one that, if it, if someone had been kind of interviewed and had mentioned this, I'm pretty sure on the, on one of the Facebook groups I had, I tagged this person, but they, they had almost like called out exactly what we see here on the drawing as them predicting like, Oh, I bet we're going to see a drawing of Hedwig, the owl from Harry Potter, which is what we see in the drawing here mm. as a, as a, you know, clue for Hedwig and the angry inch. And sure enough, it's like right there uh, at the top. There was another wacky drawing. I think it was a monthly clue from a year or two ago. And it was, Oh gosh, I, I wish I could think of it now. Maybe I'll have to search it out and throw it in a comment on the post or something. But uh, where I did a very twisted interpretation of a clue as Hedwig and the, it was like a, an angry finch. I think what was that? Was that? Oh. The, I think it was for Gilda because they had the canary, and I thought maybe oh, it's a yeah. canary. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. <laughs> That's what it was. It was the Gilda clue, and but it looked like an angry bird or something like that. So, anyways, I'll stand vindicated with this one here if it turns out. <laughs> which it seems pretty certain here there's no doubt about it in my drawing analysis i had kind of tagged the worm as being a separate thing but it seems almost like th- those have to be 
linked together, like the inchworm and the, and the owl. Yeah, the worm having those little kind of emotion marks jumping out of its head there, yeah. So I'm now going to jump across the drawing over to the right again to the balloon that's up in the um, in the corner being held by the two men uh, below, but we'll talk about them in a little bit. The balloon, I've seen a few people talking about the balloon. You know, it's it's shaped like an S. I think the most uh, I think the most likely uh, answer for this one is and at least it's the one that I have tagged in in the page and we can talk more about it but the the William Wyler film from 1949 the heiress like the air f is that uh does that sound reasonable to you David? yeah that's where I would come down I mean it's a pretty kind of prestigious uh late 40s drama uh again I watched the trailer you've got Olivia Olivia de Havilland uh, Montgomery Cliff uh, Miriam Hopkins is in it uh, kind of in a supporting role, and Ralph Richardson, and uh, you know William Wyler. Just it's it's one of these you know kind of solid uh, stories. It's another Henry James adaptation, kind of to go along with the uh, Age of Innocence that came out earlier in twenty eighteen last year, I should say now. So uh, yeah, I, I, it seems like a pretty good kind of another Hollywood star vehicle that uh, it deserves a little bit of. Yeah, higher, um, you know, higher exposure, uh, kind of a nice platform. I'm looking forward to checking it out. With all these clues that we're discussing, if any listeners, I mean, we'll be posting links to our discussion back into the groups and the forums and stuff. And so if anyone wants to, you know, chime in on what they think, feel free to tweet at us or post on the any of the Facebook groups uh, that we're all a part of just to, you know. Let us know what you think, and uh, let's move down now. We're going to jump back across to the other side, to the left-hand side, and take a look at the the angel sitting at the table. Now, way back in 2005 was when Criterion released uh, Jane Campion's An Angel at My Table uh, on DVD. It hasn't come to Blu-ray yet, but you know, An Angel at My Table, this is an angel at the table, seems pretty clear, I think. Yeah, yeah, they're not doing the um, blue, you know, little tinting like they used to do when they were just announcing a Blu-ray upgrade. But it's yeah, it's another pretty dead-on, obvious type of uh, hint there. They did upgrade Sweetie a few years ago, so it probably just make just makes sense that they're gonna, uh, you know, keep working through some of the back catalog there. So next to so the table now. So there's a few things going on here at the table between. Uh, Jesus and the angel here. There's three bottles of Coke, or at least what, you know, there's three bottles of cola, and uh, there's. Those are pretty distinctive Coca Cola bottles there. I mean, that, yeah. I think Aaron, I think Aaron was the first one that I saw to uh, chime in as this being a clue for the Coca trilogy, the trilogy of yep. films from uh, Abbas Kiarostami, which are the films uh, Where is the Friend's Home and Life Goes On and Through the Olive Trees. This is one, again, that has we've kind of known has that has been rumored to be coming that I think various people from maybe Kiarostami's family have, have said that Criterion is working on some kind of box set of his films uh, that will be coming out this year. There's been a lot of rumors, a lot of uh, anticipation of this particular set. Uh, the excitement is that they are close enough that they're ready to say yeah i mean 
I think this is a pretty pretty persuasive clue. When I first saw those bottles, I thought of the Coca-Cola Kid, which is a 1985 film that was made in Australia by Dusan Makaviev, who uh, is probably best known for WR, Secrets of the Organism's sweet movie, and he's also got an Eclipse series set, which I really enjoy that Eclipse series set, and I've always been curious to see what else Makaviev did. So when I saw the Coca-Cola bottles next to a what looks like a children's board game, I'm like, oh, Coca-Cola kid, but uh, I'll officially retract that one and <laughs> give the nod to Aaron there. But the fact is that, you know, these are these are difficult films to get access to uh, and restore. So this is one where it, it wouldn't have surprised me if Criterion had to take their time just because of all the political and, you know, kind of the barriers to just going into wherever these films are being stored in Iran and, and having access and doing the restoration to the degree that they want to do it and get it right. So uh, it feels like they're probably getting pretty close uh, if they're willing to throw a clue out there. Uh, with this, you know, kind of specific, uh, you know, know, kind of kind of a a proclamation, if you will, that, yeah, the Coker trilogy is is on its way. Were all of these films available on Filmstruck? I think there was the one that was on Filmstruck. Oh, where's my friend's house? Um, I, I, yeah, I, I have a, an Iranian, uh, DVD of Through the Olive Trees that was given to me by a friend that was kind of made for the, Iranian community in in living in the West, I believe. I think it's an American DVD, but it's not really packaged in a Western friendly way. There are you know pretty basic uh, you know West English subtitles on it, so I can watch it and understand it. But uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't think Filmstruck had any of the other stuff on it. Also at the table. So in addition to the the Coca Cola, there is a board game um, that the two are playing. Um, that one. Um, I guess, have you seen any defi- like any convincing uh, movies being thrown out for the game? Well, no, there's funny games, there's forbidden games. The game board itself looks a little bit like Shoots and Ladders or Candyland, but boy, that's where you start really wondering about how specific are we looking to get here. I mean, that could just be generic board game rather than trying to uh, allude to a specific game. Uh, there's pieces off to the side on, uh, in front of both of the players. So are we talking about you know, Risk or Stratego or something like that? Uh, you know, the game of life, I know. Uh, I think Aaron also mentioned that. Um, so Defending Your Life, the Albert Brooks movie, might be uh, kind of a wild card, uh, maybe a bit of a stretch there. Uh, but yeah, I, I haven't seen anything definitive and I also have not zoomed in really close in that detail. Um, I don't know. Have you, do you see anything about the board game that tilts you towards one conclusion or another? No, I mean the, the pieces on the board are like stars and, um, it's really hard to, to say. I mean, I think you're right on with like shoots and ladders seems pretty close, but if it's a if it's a specific game, it's hard to know. It doesn't seem very clear to me. Uh, on the other side of the table, opposite the angel, we have uh, a drawing of a character that looks very much like Jesus. He's holding uh, a V in his hand. And uh, there is a film from Bruno Dumont from 1997, his, his debut feature film, uh, La Vie de Jesus. And uh, this is one seems, again, pretty clear based on like the Jesus holding the V, the V of Jesus. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know a whole lot about it until I just a little bit of looking into it, but it seems very much a 
you know, Criterion wheelhouse. It's a kind of a debut film from a young filmmaker who I guess is kind of, you know, was, was seen at the time at least as kind of an emerging Bresson type of talent uh, about, uh, you know, kind of some, you know, aimless French youth who get into some kind of sexual and violent stuff with uh, uh, with a, an Arab, uh, you know, young man entering their community so you know kind of from the um the dardens it's kind of that that kind of realistic you know subdued uh low-key um but intense storytelling about kind of real people dealing with really tough tragic circumstances in their life so uh i'm i'm pretty eager to see this again i watched the trailer um it it seems like this is going to be a movie definitely going to stir up some reactions from people i heard great things about his new newer film that um from last year the jeanette the childhood of joan of arc um i haven't i haven't watched it yet but i um everyone is saying that it's great i had originally kind of put a letter next to the v and then also a letter next to jesus but i think those ones are combined um next to jesus in the background behind the tree we have a little rabbit popping out of a hole and uh there appear to be some peas in front of him um now when i was when i saw this and uh i didn't really have a good clue but um when someone uh on on one of the 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 facebook groups had had immediately said peter rabbit and and then i couldn't i couldn't (laughs) not see that uh like the peas and then the rabbit and i was just like oh man i hope it's not and then i was trying to find like is there some you know old obscure animated version of peter rabbit from you know a long time ago not like the obviously like the new peter rabbit movie but um or you think about hair well there's rabbits there's hairs bunnies i mean you're looking for every synonym for that particular rodent Uh, and then i saw people start saying war and peace and i was like where where do you see war and peace like and then i then it hit me like the the rabbit warren and the peas war and peace this one uh pretty clever pretty clever this one um and Janice had just tweeted about this, this one, the, the Bondar truck film coming to, they're going to be touring it theatrically. They were saying, you know, like, prepare thy butts because you're going to be sitting in the theater for a long time. Um, this is a... This is like, what, four, five, six hours, uh, something like seven, that? Seven, maybe? I mean, it's multiple, yeah, it's multiple parts, you know. Um, it was released as different successive films, but it's all kind of one big work. So very exciting. I think this is another one that people have been talking about coming or hoping would come to the Criterion Collection for a while now. Jumping across to the the two people who were holding that S balloon that we talked about earlier, this is where the multi clue uh, comes into play uh, quite a lot. So there's two men holding babies in little wraps uh, on them as they are kind of pushing. Uh, a clock in a swing, but we'll get to the clock in the swing a little bit later. So the two men. So there's um, so many different clues here. One of them is singing. Yeah. One of them is not singing. One of them has the. Yeah, he's got his mouth open. There's musical notes surrounding his head. So yeah, he's obviously vocalizing. And he's got um, the round glasses like um, Harold Lloyd. And so 
and so okay so here's the here's the three or four different movies that have i've seen talked about in here oh and also like on the little wraps around the babies there's a little euro sign that was the first thing that i kind of uh zoomed in on i was like oh, okay mm-hmm. euro so the and there's and they're their their parent their father so euro pause so i was like okay is it just like that that movie europa but then i was like oh well there's two of them so it could be europa 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 is one that had been um, I think it had made one of the lists that I, you know, one of the MGM lists um, from a while ago that I, you know, that seemed like it was going to be coming from Criterion. So there's Europa Europa. There's two, the two babies are, you know, children of men, uh, children of men, the um, Alfonso Cuaron movie that, uh, you know, is just a, a modern masterpiece and has just also recently got a new Blu-ray from Arrow in the UK. So, you know, they do, they love working with Quaron on different films that he's done. And, um, I hope that, I hope that Children of Men is coming from Criterion. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. So then one of them is singing. The other isn't. There is the, uh, film from Agnes Varda that Janice toured last year called One Sings, The Other Doesn't. Um, another one that, and there, it's a, and it's a brunette and a blonde yeah. here. These are two women in the Varda film. So you got the hair color match there as well. And then I guess the just this, uh, the notion that he, he looks like um, Harold Lloyd is like maybe just a, a clue towards the kid brother, um, one that we already knew Criterion had announced, um, but you know it kind of fits the clue. Mm-hmm. And they have actually you know put in the cartoon films that had already been released. I can't think of them right offhand, yeah. but it's not unprecedented for them to sort of put a redundant clue in there so to speak yeah it's hard to know when jason poland does these drawings like does he does he wait until criterion has made the announcements i mean probably not he probably is working on this he probably has a list of titles that are coming out next year and just starts putting together the drawing and the idea that he's gonna just um only do things that haven't been announced seems like unlikely and and like you said there there are there's precedent of this happening before where where titles are included that have already been announced so now jumping down to the bottom row of things that I have tagged here uh, is the the K loot the clute. Um again so clever and uh, so funny I think the Alan Pacula film from 1971 and one that I'm very excited about because it will fit nicely in my uh, in my uh, podcast which is going to be starting in another month or two uh talking about films of 1971 so i hope that the the release <laughs> schedule syncs with my program uh so i can get it in there uh, right in the correct order will this be the first sylvester stallone appearance in the criterion collection gosh did he, i i didn't know he was in that but yeah I, I don't think he's been in any other criterion films up to this point because after rocky he became kind of too big to be a bit player <laughs> and i don't think uh you know any of his more mainstream type of movies seem like likely criterion releases going forward wait i'm gonna have to look this up now because uh i don't even know if he's in this movie but he's listed in the credits on the on the letterboxd page but he's not listed on uh i can't even remember now if he's in this movie oh yeah he is okay well uh oh he's an uncredited extra in the movie that's why okay yeah so yeah that's interesting (laughs) but that would be uh That'd be quite an achievement, I think. <laughs> All right, so feel your eyes. He might just flash right, right on and off the screen there, but uh, somebody picked him up. So jumping across now to the tree, 
the tree doesn't seem that clear. It doesn't seem distinct in a way that some trees in the past have been, maybe like the tree of life on last year's drawing. I threw out on one of the multiple Facebook posts, uh, there's a Satyajit Ray film called Branches of the Tree. It was his second to last film, and it kind of would have fit into that late Ray Eclipse series box. Um, I've read kind of mixed reviews on it. Some say it's it's, you know, kind of a good... Uh, elderly Ray statement and others say it's a little bit stiff and stage bound. Um, so whether or not that would actually get a, a standalone release or whether that's even this has anything to do with that film. But uh, I was aware of a, of a Satyajit Ray film with branches of the tree as the title. Um, they did not include it in the Eclipse series box. So it makes me wonder if they really see it as a standalone type of release or not, but uh, I know they are still continuing to work on Satyajit Ray films, so maybe that's a stretch, but uh, you know, I'll throw that out there. So now we are at the point in the drawing where we ha- have some, uh, or at least one very interesting um, piece of discussion here. So there's a sled leaning up against the tree that we see here. Um, the tread uh, this tread. The sled appears to be made out of bamboo, although it could be they are shaped as canes, uh, like candy canes in a way. Although they do have like some of the characteristics of bamboo, um, but they are shaped like canes. Um, there is a sled, a very notorious sled in film history. Uh, but then there is also the fact that this is a bamboo sled, bamboozled. When I saw when I was, when I saw someone write bamboozled, it was another one of those things where I was like, bamboozled. What are you talking about? And then and then when I saw the bamboo sled make, like split apart, I was just like, oh, of course, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Well, technically, I think that's a toboggan, isn't the toboggan? <laughs> <laughs> a uh, yeah, that's got the, the the sort of curled up right there. But yeah, it's it's a it's a bamboo sled, bamboozled, Spike Lee's. Um, pretty controversial uh, and definitely provocative was it mid 2000s film <laughs> yeah i know josh brunsting one of our writers is a pretty huge advocate for that and he's been pretty elated and i think there was a pretty early on consensus that uh that kind of uh, wordplay uh, was was the deciphering clue but the the pushback has been Citizen Kane, obviously yeah. uh, the sled. Um, again, Rosebud is a different shape and style of sled than what we see up against this tree here. Uh, do we have a double clue? Are we looking at spine number one thousand? Uh, did Jason Poland think both of these interpretations through so brilliantly that he decided he could integrate <laughs> two pretty important and and impressive releases in one one sketch there? Uh, well, we really don't know for sure, but uh, it's a pretty it's been pretty good debate, and I think there's uh, persuasive cases that can be made either way. Yeah, I mean the f- one one big piece that. I think the 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 team Citizen Kane folks have have been making is the fact that this year almost certainly is going to see you know I guess depending on what Criterion does, but it's very likely that we'll get spine number one thousand this year, and you know 
1000 is a big number. 1000 is an important number in, in the series of films, you know, like it's going to mean something. And while they don't always, you know, line up the, the hundred, uh, spine numbers to, to fit alongside some, you know, larger than life release, they, they, they sometimes do. And seems like 1000 is going to need to be a special film. Uh, or or box set if if we're if we're thinking that maybe that's the the road that they might go down but um citizen kane a pretty big film in cinema history in the history of the criterion collection with its you know original laser disc and i think if criterion were to do spine 1000 um and if they were able to get you know permission from warner brothers to release their own version of citizen kane like you know, that seems like a pretty, uh, it would, it would line up nicely. And I think that's just the, the hopes of a lot of people who are, who are saying that this might be that clue. Yeah. I think if you look at any single standalone film that has that kind of prestige and aura about it, as well as like you've already said, the link to Criterion's own history, it was a, you know, perpetual top of the greatest films ever made poll winner for many, many years and is still considered one of the most influential, pivotal films, a debut feature. And of course, Criterion uh, has a lot of love for Orson Welles, uh, rightly so. Um, but but you come back to the other side of it. I mean, why does it look so much like bamboo? You know, <laughs> yeah, if it totally. was just it was if it was canes in the shape of a sled, well, you could do it that way. But you wouldn't have to put those little joints and those little bamboo like shoots and leaves off on the side there. So it's it's yeah quite a quite a puzzle here. I I, I guess I'm going to just stay uh, diplomatically agnostic <laughs> and, and not declare sides because I think they would both be fantastic releases although that might be the only thing that those two films actually have in common with each other you know yeah uh, but yeah I, I i'm gonna just you know kind of be delighted to see how this uh, riddle resolves itself definitely um and then finally next to the sled we have the um the clock in the the swing being pushed or you know swinging in front of the the two dads back in the laserdisc days criterion released uh the 1936 film from george stevens swing time and this is the fred astaire and ginger rogers and uh that seems like a perfectly reasonable uh guess at this clue yeah i think it's a pretty clear kind of a one of those giveaways like yeah you don't have to think too hard about it if you if you know the film um the question is is this going to be a single standalone is it going to be part of a astaire rogers box set there's certainly been uh a fair amount of conversation on the social media groups about that uh obviously we always like more <laughs> and so a, a comprehensive astaire rogers box set would be utterly fantastic i mean what a what a great showcase uh people have already likened it to the dietrich von sternberg set uh that came out in 2018 and i think this would be a pretty worthy follow-up um uh, i don't know if they could get everything was it i guess somebody had mentioned 10 films and and uh they look at the clock and they wonder if that 
if there's any meaning to the time on the clock. And I guess if you look at the hour and minute <laughs> hand, it looks like it's about seven minutes after nine. Uh-huh. Uh, Matt Gasteyer was wondering if uh, there's a Fahrenheit 9-11 hint uh-huh. <laughs> somewhere in here. Because <laughs> they did bowling for Columbine, sure. obviously. And, and I think Fahrenheit 9-11 could continue Criterion's little uh, kind of shade tossing uh, into the political uh, debates of these days, <laughs> uh, you know, could that that would be interesting. But it's not exactly nine eleven, you know, if you're looking at the where the hands are specifically placed, or do those hands not really mean anything? It's just to give you the impression of a clock, you know, to to let you know, yeah, that, that, that it's time in the swing. I, I, I'm going to come down on that it doesn't mean anything and that it's just trying to show you a clock and that's just how he decided to draw the hands. Um, but you know, as we say, it's, you know, it's, we'll be pleasantly surprised with whatever we end up getting as with all these drawings. Like, you know, it's, it's fun to go back and forth and kind of, uh, you know, make your case, but, uh, in the end we're going to get, we're going to get something great out of this, uh, collection of drawings. Yeah, yeah, no, this is this is uh this is fun. This is the pretty well well planned, well laid out and very tantalizing uh slate of clues that we've just had a chance to decipher. Yeah. One more time. I wonder I wonder why there's no I mean, so last year you mentioned this in the yeah. in the best <laughs> of the year one. So there's no so last year there were lots of clues that seemed to line up with Filmstruck and um there don't seem to be any clues this year that line up with the streaming service, you know, the, the new Criterion channel. Um, whether or not that was like a decision, like when they when they gave Jason the list of titles and said, you know, don't don't mention anything about the streaming service or don't try to tease at anything in the streaming service. Um, like, you know, there's no like little stream <laughs> trickling through the drawing or anything like that. Well, and depending on when they gave him the assignment to get work on this, they may not have even known that film struck's days were numbered. If That's think, true. Maybe, yeah, maybe back in September, October, they said, "Okay, we're going to." I mean, I don't think he just whips this thing out in a couple of weeks, you know. So he's maybe had a little bit of a, a lead up to this, and uh, yeah, and and of course, maybe they weren't even clear as to how quickly they could get that channel up and running so you know we we can only speculate what's happening behind the scenes there but uh yeah maybe they just uh figured they already did the streaming service hint last year they don't want to repeat themselves too much either yeah well david thanks so much for joining me tonight to talk through this drawing it was a lot of fun absolutely it always is and uh nice to keep these annual traditions going right yeah it is it was fun to like put put together the the article today and to just see like how many times Criterion has done this how many times we've all kind of got together to break it down and it's always fun so yeah and you get the links to the old episodes as well so if you want to sort of see how we've done it's always kind of fun to you know put the pieces back together thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you next time <laughs>